Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. You are joined by me. I'm here, joined here with you. And we are also joined by Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. I don't know what you were trying to say there. (laughs) (laughs) No one ever knows what we're saying at the very beginning of the show, but we appreciate you joining us on another journey. That will surely be this episode, episode 48 of 43.6, in which we will talk about James Reimer, NHL sweaters. I just added this one. I didn't tell you guys, but I just added this one. That's a good one to add. QMJHL. And then we'll talk a bit about baseball as well. The World Baseball Classic final is being played tonight. So by the time you hear this episode, the championship will be given away, but nevertheless. And hopefully Japan. Well, we'll talk about who we want to win. And Joey Votto as well to round out the baseball and to round out the topics of discussion for this week which this episode of course will also be brought to you by now your treasures who we'll talk a bit more about later but first before we get to all that stuff we want to talk about what has been going on in our lives and what has happened over the past week since we last gathered around these microphones to talk about sports and other things james we'll start with you dude for the first time in maybe eight years, I don't know, close to there, I have purchased a WWE video game. Oh, oh WWE 2K23 came out this past week. I have yeah. not even looked into it yet, but I bought you have purchased it. I bought the deluxe edition so that I could play it four days early. Um, and I get all the, the water that and the seasons pass because uh, I like I like the downloadable content they were offering. Um, I will tick TikTok sold me on it um, because of the videos I was seeing other people playing of it the night because so I bought it the day after it was available in early access um, and I was thinking about it before because I was watching all the videos about like the um, the war games and watching all the videos of like the entrances and stuff and there's a vast visual improvement even from last year's game which was lauded for being a really good game uh and so i bought it and dude like i haven't played a wwe game like i said in like eight years but it's so good uh the showcase mode i am addicted to which is incredible. And basically the premise is John Cena is the focus of the showcase mode. And in the past used to play as a specific superstar throughout key moments in their career. This one flips the script a bit and you actually play against John Cena's opponents in key times that he lost. So So you're trying to win or you're trying to recreate what happened in the match. You're trying to recreate what happened in the match and, but you're playing John Cena's opponent. So example, the first match you play in the showcase is Rob Van Dam versus John Cena from One Night Stand. And you have to do, like, there's a checklist of things you have to do um, to replicate moments in the match. And then it seamlessly transitions into video footage of the match and then transitions you out. Like, the, it's so seamless. Um, and, you know, that's been a blast. And I've been just having, like, exhibition matches. And I mean, all the creation stuff is there. So I'll probably get into my former life where I create a bunch of shit, create my own leagues, sim them, fuck, 
if I'm bored, maybe I'll stream them on Twitch and do commentary and just laugh at how the AI computer just beats the shit out of each other. Um, and we'll have like a fake league or something. But um, the, the, the attention to detail and then the in- integrity of the presentation is if, if you do a bloodline entrance, you have the Usos and Roman and Heyman's carrying one title. Like, it's just so good. And it's so up to date. Like uh, the mo- this is the most up to date game I've seen from WWE in terms of the content reflecting the current product, uh, and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think I've been slowly getting back into wrestling as as I exited three years ago, and I think what's brought me back in, funnily enough, is the improvement of WWE's product. Like, I still can't get over the whole Bloodline storyline and the whole Sammy and Kevin on Friday night was fantastic. The the last segment where they hugged it out um, is really cool. So I think I'm, I've been drawn in by by a story. So And that's always kind of drawn me in. So I think the this, and the, again, maybe the showcase mode is an example of the fact that I'm drawn by the story. It's just so cool. And, like, the second match is, like, you and... Kurt Angle from the Ruthless Aggression debut, which is like a lot of fun. So you're basically playing as prototype John Cena, which is awesome. So yeah, no, it's a good game, man. Or sorry, playing as prototype uh, against prototype John Cena is Kurt Angle, which is cool. Yeah, so you're playing as all the guys John Cena wrestled. So like the one night stand one, you would have played as Rob Van Dam. Yeah, right. And like it cuts to the moment that like Edge spears him as the biker. It's so cool. It's just it's it's such a well put together game, and they have like the My Rise, which is like career. They have GM and Universe mode. The community creations, like I said, are on point. Apparently, there's even a John Greed uh, CAW I saw made by John Greed, um, but it's there, probably on PlayStation though. Um, and this is the War wouldn't Games be, piece. Wouldn't it be cross though? No, it's yeah, not, see, that's I, don't a, so. I don't. I don't think it is, and I feel like that needs to be the case. Like, if John Greed creates himself on PlayStation, I should be able to download it on Xbox. Like, it doesn't make a fucking difference. Like, it sh- it should just go to a central server. I don't understand why we. They're have a little bit behind the times. Consoles. I mean, it's embarrassing that NHL had to add crossplay three quarters of the way through the game's life cycle, but um, not not having crossplay is a little bit behind the times for sure. Yes, but. Yeah, it's it's a really good game, and if you if you were on the fence, Dustin, because I know Maddie won't play it, but if you were on the fence, I would suggest it. You would purchase it. It's not a won't be a bad purchase. And it, the overall, like know. just the things you can do, man, it's fucking crazy. Some of the stuff like with counters and off the cells and tables and stuff that just happen. It's 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 just good. I don't know. Hashtag me like. Mad. <laughs> Hashtag not an ad. Yeah, this episode is not brought to you by WWE 2K23. For me, my favorite wrestling game of all time will always be No Mercy, and I'm still hoping and w- that someone's going to create a game like that. And supposedly AEW is doing that, but I don't know when that game will ever happen. I would love for a small independent developer to just make a No Mercy clone and just launch that on Game Pass, and away we go. No, yeah, and then no. and then it's shit, and it just ruins the experience for you. No, I would hope not, at least. <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't. I mean, I know nothing about game development, so I don't know how difficult that would be. Dude, fucking Logan Paul's think, in the game. 
the greatest sports entertainer that ever lived is in the game. And with, Stop. The, well, I, I'll tell you what. I have what I will say about Logan Paul is that he does the best um, buckshot lariat in the business today. Again, I challenge any of the sports entertainers, past or present, to have the following and immediate like skill per time minute invested that Logan Paul has had. I yeah, he's definitely a natural. At literally everything he does, which is which pisses a lot of people off, and sometimes he's an idiot, but you know. It it, dri- it drives me nuts that everything that guy does somehow works out. Well, not his NFTs. Yeah, you can deep shit for that one. So, <laughs> yeah, that one that one didn't work out too well for him. I don't know a whole lot about that situation, but um, I heard it didn't work out very well. But yeah, go play the game, Dustin. And if you get it for Xbox, let's play. Maybe we'll see. I, I've already spent way too much money on WWE. Uh, today, actually. <laughs> so, um, I, also, wait, quickly bought, on the uh, wrestling so, thing. So here's the thing. Wait, before you go, I've been starting yeah. to get emails from AEW. I've never gone to a show. I've never bought anything from AEW. And now I'm getting their, their marketing emails. I think they bought my name off a Ticketmaster list or some shit when they came here. Because they announced this big six-show Canada tour. And now all of a sudden I'm getting emails from AEW and I've never purchased or signed up for anything or maybe they took it maybe I was an honor club member at one point and they have my name from ring of honor that must be it because I bought tickets to dynamite when they were in town and I I'm not on their mailing list yeah so I've been getting crazy amounts of marketing emails that has to be it you just nailed it it was it has to be the honor club that maybe that was the major point of the reason why they bought Ring of Honor. We have this major list of customers. <laughs> yep. We'll spend millions of dollars on a customer list. You got it. So, yes, I did um, spend a whole lot of money today on WWE specifically. Because. So here's the thing. WrestleMania is coming up. No. Nope. As, as you know, I'm going to WrestleMania. And... I've been every so I bought the travel pack, but like the like the lowest level travel pack and like not even the one that comes with hotels or anything. It was just like a ticket pack, essentially. But if you buy it through like their official one, you get like a hat and a lanyard and all this other bullshit, right? And it was 500 US for tickets to both nights. So it's the same seat. Both nights, Saturday and Sunday, 500 bucks US. Okay. Now, that was the cheapest one possible. It's up in the 500 level. And we're talking SoFi Stadium, right? It's, it's, it's up there. So I'm every so see, often I go on Ticketmaster to see, see shit. like. Yeah, pretty who are you, much. Who are you going so with? Every by so the way? often I go on Ticketmaster and I look up what else is, you know, for sale. And I saw this. <laughs> this section like 200 something and it was like $300 for one night so just Sunday so I'm like you know what I'm gonna buy this as well so my plan is now to sell like my Sunday 500 level ticket and I'm now sitting in the 200 level for uh oh dude I've done that so many times that like raw when I was a kid I would have a ticket and then trade the scalper plus cash for a better ticket yeah um 
Who are you going? Who are you going with? Did we talk about are you going with anyone we know? I don't know if I, I, we talked about this. Like I was intending on going by myself, and I was telling my family that I was going by myself. And my niece is like, "I'll go." I was like, "What? <laughs> okay, if you if you want." Because um, she's the uh, she overheard me saying I'm going to Disneyland, and she's like, "Well, fuck yeah, I want to go to Disneyland." <laughs> I shouldn't give a rat's ass about wrestling. So she's like, "You're going to L.A. for Disneyland? Hell yeah, I'm in." Uh, so yeah, she said she'll. Want so to she's gonna tag along to... for WrestleMania to go to <laughs> yeah. Disneyland. So I said to her, like, do you really want to go to WrestleMania too? She's like, yeah, why not? If it gets me into Disneyland, she's like, fuck yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, how old is she? Twenty-four. That's awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like we grew up more like brother and sister rather than like niece and nephew. That's like, that's wonderful. That'll be a great trip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was like. Could you imagine carting around a kid to WrestleMania who's like 12? <laughs> Who doesn't yeah, want to be there? <laughs> Sit here and don't move. Kids. I got to go get a beer. <laughs> Just yeah. I'm so going to your hands okay. to this chair. No, that'd be yeah, cool. So that's, uh, that's the reason why I'm like, I don't know if I want to spend more money on WWE right now because I just spend way too much money on WWE today. Um, This past weekend, though, I did have uh, Greek Town Wrestling in... London, Hamilton, and Toronto. Oh, I thought it was going to be in Greektown because that would make sense. Yeah, Funny you know, it's not, it's not my company. I probably wouldn't have named it something so regional that when you start going elsewhere, it sounds ridiculous. Because like, yeah, people, people tell me that all the time. Like, oh, it's Greektown Wrestling, but it's in London. I'm like, yeah, it's whatever. I mean, it is what it is, man. Like, just go with it. Listen, I get it. I'm sure there's a Jimmy the Greek in London, too. So that's fine. Right, I'm sure there's a Greek town everywhere, just like there's a Chinatown everywhere, and there's a quick little, quick little side. Jimmy the Greek, Mister Greek, all those Greek restaurants. Yay or nay? Yay, absolutely yay. I feel like Jimmy the Greek has become the standard food court food, right? Like you go into any food court in the world, you're gonna see. Or I shouldn't say the world. You go to any food court in Canada, you're gonna see an A and W. You're going to see a Subway. You're going to see a teriyaki. You're going to see some sort of Chinese place. It might be like Manchu, Manchu Walk or whatever Express, Rock and Roll Express or whatever, and a Jimmy the Greek. But Jimmy, like the Greek the is the, Jimmy the Greek is the I need to save my stomach option when you're in the food court. It's the healthiest. Yeah, teriyaki. Yeah, teriyaki's not so bad. I think those are the two, you know... I'm in the mall, but I need to I need to be conscious of my decisions. Those are yeah, and then you load it up though with tzatziki and the dressing, and it just all goes to shit. Well, I think it's more the fucking potatoes and the rice, right? Or you can get baklava or the the spanic. Was it spanic pita or whatever spanic it is? Opita. What is the what's the cheese and the spinach thing? Is yeah, that what that is? I know exactly what you're talking about. Spanic, yeah, whatever. It's very good. It's very good, yes. Do you know what's actually really different in Greece? Like when you I mean, get it? Anything tastes fucking great when you put their hot sauce on it, so. That's true. You put a hot sauce <laughs> on anything and it generally elevates. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> you're going on about Greek town wrestling this weekend. I apologize. Yeah, I just, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a good time. Uh, there was cage matches like a plenty on Thursday night in London. They did war games, which was like <laughs> just odd, but awesome at the same time. Um, it was actually a blast to call. Like, I've obviously, I don't think ever in my life, I know for a fact, I've never in my life called a War Games match. And I don't know how many independent wrestling companies have ever promoted a War Games match. Like, you say, can they? Is that trademarked? No, 
Well, yes. Yes, and they have to call <laughs> so, it something different. Most supposed to. I would imagine, right. listen, you say that, but in the future, when my federation builds up to its War Games match in 2K23, you, you two are going to be there for the three-man booth, and we're going to call it. I'll be there. <laughs> well, at least I'll have some sort of experience calling a War Games match, so that's... So there that's you go. It'll be better, hopefully, than my Bobby Orr called the hockey hall thing when I was Dude. Uh, like six years old. Dude, this guy's broadcasting experience is three and a half minutes at the Hockey Hall of Fame. And it was this thing we had, like, you could recreate your moments and you would pick one and you'd have to redo the call, right? I think they've taken this thing out, but this is a the thing they had when we were little. And the guy, this is literally the call he did for Bobby Orr's infamous like in the air like tripped after he scores he just goes this is the entire call okay bobby or now bobby or bobby or going around that bobby or the puck bobby or now bobby or bobby or scores and that was the whole thing <laughs> but what he's not saying is bobby or passed the puck a couple times and got it back in there and i just completely glazed over whoever just else had the fucking puck it. it was just bobby or i was like eight okay I didn't have any concept of broadcasting or who who was on the ice, especially in that era. You tell me to do it now, and it'll be like... Dude, I don't know who the fuck was on the ice other than Bobby Hoare either. <laughs> yeah, 5% better. I think I did pretty good, considering my age and the era that the play came from. So, But uh, you didn't go to Game Changer? I did not. Um, Brett Banks actually texted me that morning, which was odd because that guy never responds to text messages he wished me a happy but... birthday oh in january the last, last i heard from him <laughs> <laughs> right so yeah he asked me uh are you going to gcw today i said nope because but i'm booked here i don't know there's a couple things just rub me the wrong way one it's like it's a little too outlaw for me hmm. like there's only know. so many so, times ecw can come through the through the system do you know what i mean i think that is that like was that what you're getting at because i that's what i feel about it i just don't like the overly violent silliness of gcw like let's take light tubes and smash over dudes heads and let's light people on fire and shit this is fucking dumb like i just that's the bridge too far for me when it gets like overly stupid in terms of, of wrestling so and I also just think it's here. Here's the thing. There's so many wrestling companies in Canada that run that same venue and they will do half the crowd, but an American company will come up and book Mike Bailey in the main event. Like every other Canadian company did. Yeah. It's like, what? It, it's also a kite venue. It's what? It's a kite venue. It's shitty. It's not a good venue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, based on how, I mean, clearly that they have a, a big enough name that they could sell a lot of tickets in this market with never being here before. They certainly should have used a bigger building. But hey, whatever, man, like good for them. But I just think it's weird that people are so happy to support American companies while they don't support the Canadian ones. So, dude, it was the same thing. We used to go to the, those Ring of Honor shows, remember? And the, half the card would literally be the card we presented three months ago. Or, like, half yep. the guys on that card were on our cards three months ago. And then it'd be like, okay, so there's 3,000 people here, but there's 
60 people at Archa. Like, it doesn't right? make sense, right? And like I saw today that Impact Wrestling sold out their pay-per-view in Windsor. I'm like, yeah, okay. Let's. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it reminds me of like why junior hockey never survived in this market. Because not the you least. You had the, versus not the least, exactly. Like it's not a, I, I don't know what it is about Toronto sports fans. And I know the Venn diagram of like wrestling and sports fans they don't overlap as much as you may think. Like they are very different people, but I think in general, people in this market, if they see something as being not the highest level, they don't support it the way they would mm-hmm. at the highest level, right? Like uh, WWE yeah, will come would, to town and they'll. I would say that, with the exception of, unless it's music, because everybody wants to to support. Like when it comes to art, everybody wants the. Oh, it's the underground thing. Oh, it's the thing that nobody knows about. Oh, it's like... I feel like Toronto has a lot of that shit. I I think it might still be the same proportion of audience, though. There's just a larger portion of people supporting music Music. than they are supporting Uh, wrestling. You might be right. Yeah, as a percentage of an audience, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'm on your side. Anyways, that's why I didn't go to GCW. But I did uh, enjoy all the... Greek town wrestling events. They were all very good. And hilariously, um, on the Saturday in Toronto, I had a nosebleed at intermission. <laughs> just out of nowhere, it's like <laughs> red is green, brother. So I'm just like jamming a Kleenex in there and trying to like stop the bleeding. It lasted tampon. the entire fucking intermission. Get the tampon. Like I was being counted in like 10, <laughs> 9, it, like going back live, and I took it out and it stopped bleeding. Like, fuck yeah. Here we go. Tampon. Tell you, man. Look at this guy. What what a hero. Just playing hurt. Dude, I yep. know. This guy. Just get back He's out there. Regular fucking Brendan Shanahan. Jeremy uh, Roenick taking a slap shot in the face, shattering the jaw right back out there. Next shift. One more thing before we move on to Maddie's week. Um, we need to fix this. Okay? As a society, uh, everyone needs to get together and work together. We can't be having new episodes of Mandalorian and new episodes of Ted Lasso come out the same fucking day. Can we just put one on Monday, one on Wednesday, or one on Friday, one on Wednesday? Just, why do they all have to come out the same fucking day? Fuck you, man. What are you doing that you can't watch them back to back? I can watch them back to back, but like, I'm thinking right now, it's a Tuesday night. It's a different With the exception of like, I guess there's enough on TV right now. I guess last night was a better example of like, there's nothing on last night beyond like the other baseball game, but and raw, and raw. But like I just record raw and fast forward until I see Bloodline, and that's typically what you do with re- like I can't watch a three hour fucking episode of Monday Night Raw. But like this is ridiculous. Anyways, I would have loved to have been able to watch a new episode of Ted Lasso last night, but I couldn't because it didn't come out till fucking Wednesday. Save it. Yeah, that's or I'm just gonna wait till half the season is so that I can watch the episodes as I feel like it. And until then, I'm just gonna watch movies like Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and Cocaine Bear. Or find find a new show to watch. Yeah, get out there. So your wild oats. And Prime, like there's yeah. all this shit that you can go out there and Ex- watch that you expand, can fill the void. Expand the horizons. You like? I horizons. may try to watch a bootleg of Shazam tonight though. Huh. Watch K-dramas, man. They're fantastic. I've watched a K-drama, and it was very good. Vincenzo. 
Vincenzo. <laughs> there's there's many there's many a K drama. My wife's wa- watching one right now. Something about like um this guy who comes across a phone and this CEO of like the biggest tech company in Korea or whatever has his consciousness transported into this phone. And so it's just like this weird like shenanigans thing. But that's the thing with Korean dramas, man. They're willing to just take like really out there concepts, but they just make them entertaining. And it's like, whatever. Like they don't they don't look at it and be like, oh, no one will like that. They're like, yeah, we're going to do it. Whatever. So what was your week, Maddie? Diablo 4 beta. Oh, right. I saw you guys <laughs> talking about that. Yeah. It uh Diablo is one of those games where I came too late in the I guess cycle of like popularity. I didn't get into Diablo really until Diablo 3. Um just a mix of like growing up Jimmy and me were console players. So now Diablo you're pretty heavy into 2. Well, for not like in terms of lore, yes, but never really played it. Because we never had a strong enough PC to play it. And it was never on console. So like I played a little bit with my cousin because he had it. And he brought it over and installed it. And we like dicked around for a couple nights and played it. But like outside of that, I didn't get heavily into Diablo until Diablo 3. And I'm Diablo 4 is kind of a return to Diablo 2, which I played much later in life. Um, So I'm really hyped about that. I played so much, which is really bad with an infant because... My wife kept telling me, she's like, no, go ahead and play. She's like, it's only this weekend because it's the beta. It's fine. And I was like, well, it's next weekend too. She's like, oh, whatever. You know, she's like, it's not like it's a lot. She's like, next weekend I'm going out with friends anyway and taking the kids. So she's like, just play. So yeah, so I like dove into that shit. It was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hyped for it. It just sucks that it's like that month is going to be a rough month on launch because Diablo comes out at the start of June. And then Final Fantasy 16 comes out at the end of June. And Jim knows what happens when a new mainline Final Fantasy comes out for me. Like, everything shuts down. The volume goes up to like 75. The TV lights come on. And it's, I'm not seen or heard from for at least a week. It's going to be the same situation when MLB The Show comes out next week. Yeah, but that's like at some point this week, I guess. Yeah, but like you can like dive in, play some games, and get out of that. Like Final Fantasy, like it's a story. Like you're hooked, and you're like you want to get to the next part. You want to get to the next part. Side quests and shit. Like I know that's what's gonna happen when Starfield comes out. Like Starfield's gonna ruin me. I <laughs> yeah, know I it. I, I think I tweeted that like the other day when they announced it's in September. I'm like, well, cancel my calendar. I'm going to be sucked into Starfield. I'm sure. So here's my thing. I may be taking paternity leave from work in September perfect time if starfield comes. just to play starfield well i'm going to korea for two weeks but like it could be like my pat leave is going to be five weeks so it's like i'll come back i'll plan it around starfield launch so that when we come back just right into starfield for three weeks but you know the problem on the that, plane right? yeah i could play cloud gaming right but you're also assuming that this massive open world bethesda game is going out. to a launch on time and b launch without being fucking broken so a it's not launching on time because it was supposed to launch at the beginning of this year so this is already the delay plus microsoft resources behind like bethesda for their first real massive launch like this i feel like it's it's gonna 
come in September. It's going to be fine. Now, bug, Beth everyone knows that with a Bethesda game, just for the f sheer scope of the game, it's going to be buggy as shit. It's half the charm launch. is the, the brokenness yeah. of a Bethesda game. Like, how many, how many restarts has one had to do in Oblivion in Skyrim because your quest glitch and it can't be fixed? So that's why if you look at my Skyrim plays, it's like 45 saves because backups you just gotta, on backups. Yeah. You just got to keep making that like preemptive save. It's like, okay, I know I'm entering an area that is probably going to have a whole bunch of enemies. Right. And the higher enemy count is the higher bug count. And something might break here. <laughs> right. And so that's also just like the RPG player in me because when you play a lot of RPG games, you end up learning to just multiple save files for one playthrough so but yeah no diablo 4 was my weekend what else oh i went to a concert last night it was not a typical concert that i usually go to it is it was a final fantasy piano piano concert not it typical was, as we just spent the past five minutes talking about final fantasy <laughs> no because like most of the concerts I go to like coheed or him right, right, or like yeah. warp tour and shit like that but um these i just i don't know there's just it's something so awesome like you go like when they do distant worlds they have like which is the final fantasy concert series they have like the whole orchestra and then they play songs and then um they play clips or scenes from the game that the song comes from on the screen and so they did the same thing but it's just a dude on the piano and piano is my favorite instrument so it was really cool um i enjoyed it quite a bit the only thing that really gets me is i had this dude behind me that felt the need to talk through the whole fucking thing. Like, whole thing. Now, I came really close to turning around and being like, dude, I will rip you a new one. Shut the fuck up. But then I remembered it's a piano concert. It's not like it's a loud venue or whatever. If I say that, the guy's going to hear me because I was like five feet from the stage. So... This is very much like a Seinfeld episode. Oh, 100%. You should have put a Pez dispenser on his leg. Well, no, I, <laughs> I gave him, for those who can't see, I, it was a slow turn, but Dustin and Jim can see. I gave him one of these. And did that do anything? <laughs> At first, no. And then finally, I just gave him one of these. So, like, you guys are the guy behind me. I went. So now it's instead of the half turn, now it's like a, a full or almost a three quarter turn. Three quarter turn with a full on 15 second stare. Right. And then I think he got the hint because then he only started talking in between songs. What's well, so. so important right now? Like, like you've paid money for this. A lot of money. It was like $200 a ticket. Woo. Yeah. You guys were looking at me silly as I was talking about WrestleMania tickets. Dude, you dropped on two separate bands of ticket right but i'm gonna sell the other one hopefully the sell the other one hopefully yeah <laughs> i'm gonna list the other one <laughs> so but yeah that's that was like my week and then still just you know hanging out with the kid she's getting fun like you know when i go to the gym in the morning i don't see her because she's still sleeping and then when i come back and then i see her she does this thing where she's like dozy but then she's like takes a second to realize it's me and then she smiles and giggles for a little bit and that's it my my day is made and nothing else in the world matters 
Now, what really does matter is our sports stories this week. And the first one is uh, kind of sports adjacent. It involves a uh, alleged professional athlete. And so this is what happened. I think it was Saturday night. Saturday night it was. Uh, the San Jose Sharks were doing their pride night. And I, I think every team in the NHL does one at some point this year, but that's not a here nor there. The, the Sharks were doing a pride night. And for pride night, the Sharks were going to wear during warm up a hockey sweater that had a rainbow inspired design that would, of course, represent the LGBTQ plus community. And I'm sure there may be another letter in there that I'm probably missing because it changes all the goddamn time. And depending on what country you're in, the letters are different. But you get the idea. It's a LGBTQ uh, support. And the message is, uh, at least according to the league, the message of these nights is that everyone is welcome. And the game of hockey is for everyone. Uh, San Jose Sharks goaltender and former Toronto Maple Leafs goaltender James Reimer decided not to participate in wearing a rainbow jersey. And uh, Reimer put out a statement as to why he didn't want to wear it, but I don't want to read his statement because I don't want to spread his bigotry. So if you want to find his statement, you can find it. San Jose Sharks have it on their Twitter account, but uh, I refuse to read it because it is garbage. And half of it is very clearly uh, written for him. I don't know if it's from the team or I, I'm fairly certain with no, uh, with absolutely zero evidence for the record, with absolutely zero evidence. But I'm certain that he wrote half of this at least because the sentences and the paragraphs don't make sense and like the way it's structured. But the theme of what he is saying is that he is a Christian. And he follows the Bible closely. And uh, him and Jesus are bros. And his bro bro says, uh, you can't like gay people. And yes, I am uh, conflating the whole thing. And that's not exactly what he said, obviously. But the, the, the message is that because of his religious beliefs, he does not feel he wants to participate in wearing the rainbow inspired sweater. Fuck. All right. So <laughs> where to to then um, place my thoughts of all of this? Because I have a lot of thoughts on this. The, the, the biggest issue, I think that a lot of and this obviously this isn't the first time this has happened. We've had Provorov did this exact thing uh, when the Flyers did their night. And I think we talked about it on the show. We probably did. And I'm sure I had things to say about Provorov. And as, as I look back, it was on episode 42. If you want to go uh, listen to episode 42 and see what we thought about that. And here's the thing. By, I don't want to immediately come out and say, fuck this guy, because that's kind of counterproductive. Of like, if the idea is like hockey's for everyone and it's about love and not hate, like to to then like say I hate this motherfucker for doing this. It's it's kind of hypocritical by me. So um, I don't want to do that. I 
don't so i i know steve dangle posted an interesting video about this too and he said he was uh disappointed in james and i'm not because i don't give a fuck about james reimer um like to me james reimer was a mediocre goaltender who played for the toronto maple leafs at a time where they really needed the goaltender they really needed the number one and at best he was a a backup goaltender and i think a really to be good fair to, backup that's it to be to be fair to james reimer i and like again and that's not i'm not trying to insult the guy by saying this because he's a professional athlete he's making a ton of money but like he's an nhl goaltender but he's a backup nhl goaltender i think that's a fair way to assess james reimer's career there's been years where he's played very well uh there's been years like this year where he's a backup goaltender he was a backup goaltender for the maple Leafs when he played here until he had to be the guy when they when the situation called for it. I don't know why we give a flying fuck about what James Reimer has to say or do. And James is free to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Uh, if I was James Reimer, would I wear the sweater? Of course, because I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> like, if the message is um, wear this to... Uh, send a message to the world that everyone is included, then yeah, why I, I would probably wear a rainbow patch on my sweater, not just at warm up, but every single game. If I was given the opportunity or the ability to, because if, if that one small thing that I can do to, to let someone know that um, hate isn't here and you are safe here and we want you as a fan and we want you in our game and we we want you in our society in our world i think it's an incredibly tiny thing to do to help someone to hide behind religion and say it's because the bible says that's not the case it's a little selective and i think like and this is probably a larger religious uh, debate in which we probably don't have time for anyways but like i think a lot of Anytime someone uses religion as an excuse, I think it's always convenient to where like, there's a lot of things the Bible says. And I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school. I went to church every week. And there's a reason why I stopped going to church when the priest was telling us to vote against gay marriage is when I said, fuck this place. And I stopped going. So I personally don't care what James Reimer does. I don't know if this would even be a story for us if he didn't play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Because I'll be honest with you guys, I haven't given James Reimer one thought this season. He's the backup goaltender in San Jose. I don't give a shit about the San Jose Sharks. I had, if you asked me like who James Reimer played for this year, prior to this weekend, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have to think about it. I'd really have to think about where he's playing in the NHL. I might even say, is he even in the league anymore? And I mean, he is. Yeah, he played like 30-something games this year. 36 games so far this season. So that's my thoughts on James Reimer. Um, if you are in the LGBTQ community, uh, we love you. And we want you um, in our community of listening to this show. And even though uh, James Reimer doesn't believe that you belong in the world of hockey, um, I think he is the, um, the minority in that stance. And I think if you are in that... Um, in that community, I think you are used to the fact that not everyone's going to accept you. And unfortunately, James is one of those people who will not accept you. And there's nothing you can do about that. I think um, 
you've mentioned Steve Dangle, and I was listening to their podcast this morning on the way to work. And I think they presented it very well in that sometimes good people do questionable things and sometimes questionable people do good things. And I think people are, are nuanced. And I think I kind of, I think he's naive. I think he's, I think he's subscribed to something with, with a level of conviction that obstructs even what he's convicted to. I mean, anyone who's Christian or whatever will know that, you know, the main character of the story, Jesus, was welcoming of everybody, uh, no matter who they were, uh, prostitutes included. He literally washed the feet of a prostitute, um, didn't turn her away, didn't didn't choose not to support her. Um, so I think, you know, to, to I think the real problem comes in picking and choosing the things from your convictions to to stand in front of but they they referenced someone who was a, a part of their show early on i think it's a twitter account named pass it to and the guy said he's from vancouver and the guy admittedly said he was a what, what do you call himself a passive christian homophobe and it took him a while to realize that the way he was approaching it was wrong and i think james reimer is probably in that category i can't speak explicitly for him but if i were to categorize it from where i'm sitting i would say he's probably a pretty decent guy that just doesn't understand the effects of what he's doing on other people and i think that's the case because they even talked about it on on the steve dangle podcast about how he's he's signed pride pucks before He's we used rainbow tape, but somehow he draws the line at a jersey and it just doesn't make sense. Right. Like, I think. And then he tries to grasp at, at straws, trying to compare him with like uh, being Christian and Nazim Kadri being Muslim. And Nazim Kadri would understand if he if he didn't wear a Muslim jersey for Muslim Pride Night. Like he said, Naz would understand. And I don't think That's it's fair to, to rope somebody else into that conversation either. Um, I would love for Naz to come out and be like, yo, fuck you. Wait, what? <laughs> Don't put my, so keep my I name think, out of your yeah. shit licking mouth. Okay. I, I, so I don't think, I, I just don't think he is aware of, you know, I think he, his thoughts exist in this echo chamber of, well, and you know, that's what the Bible says. And I mean, he's supposed, I, I doubt he was a virgin before marriage uh, as well. So, I mean, there are a lot of things in there that are, again, very contradictory. And as a Christian myself, like, I don't, I don't think the problem is the religion. I think the problem is, is like you identified is how people use it to hide behind when they personally don't agree with something. And you're personally, you're welcome to not, dude, he's welcome, absolutely, to not believe in homosexuality. But that doesn't mean you don't believe in people, right? And I think that's, that's where the, the line gets drawn is, is when you say that you're basically the message you're sending is that you don't believe in in people and i think that's unfortunate so yeah it's a they also mentioned about how like maybe maybe these teams should stop promising jersey wearing for pride nights like like maybe like maybe you're you're over promising something here that you can't deliver on 
You know, like the Leafs have never had a pride jersey night and they do tons of pride activities. Their GM is in the pride parade with Morgan Riley, but, and they've had pride nights, but they never have the jerseys because who knows, maybe there's people on that roster that, that can't commit to doing that. Um, and that way you just don't, I feel like they have had a, I don't remember offhand, but I feel like the Leafs have also done the pride sweaters. I don't. I don't, they don't think so. They don't wear it during the game, but no one wears it during the game. It's a warm. No, up I don't. Th- I don't even think they've done it in warm up. Um, so, I would, you know, and maybe this is one of the things that you know, I'm and I, I'm agree. It doesn't make sense. It, we shouldn't have to take the long road there, but maybe it's something that does require a longer road. Um, you know, and like the pass it to Bula's guy said, he came around and he realized that the approach was incorrect, um, and it's unfortunate that. You know, as you said, who do we care what James Reimer says? Well, unfortunately, there are, there are people in a certain community that feel like it's indicative of, of a subculture or a, a portion of a culture that feels like they don't belong there, which is kind of bullshit. And as someone who's played hockey their entire life, I can tell you, I don't give a fuck. You're black, yellow, purple, gay, straight, orange, green, trans, whatever. Like... Hockey's a sport. Like I mean, you know, you're all like <laughs> you you watch you want to watch a sport and be a part of a community by all means. Like you're unified by the concept of the game, not not who you sleep with or who you're romantically involved with. Right. I th- I think uh, and as much as it's passed off as a religious excuse, I feel like the tone of the way it's said is also that it comes off as like it's a political thing too and it's like it's this is not the point and it's too often that like religion and everything else literally everything else it's just like everything all else. this like it's like oh the left <sighs> believes this and the right believes this like this is not the point like this yes um in terms of the general population of people who are in the lgbtq community are probably liberal, left-leaning, yes, probably. But I know there are plenty of homosexual or whatever else conservatives. Like, that's Dude, not... Like, Matt Gates. They're not mutually exclusive things, right? Matt Gates. It's just that... <laughs> right? Like, there's, there's so many... All these things get melded together, and I think when you're in this echo chamber, and I think that's a great way... I think you, you put it, James, like an echo chamber, you're hearing the same things from the same people that you start to lose sight of what the message actually is. And the message is supposed to be that everyone is allowed. Everyone's involved. Yeah, it's not, the message is not be gay. Like that's... Yeah, right. The message isn't, I'm wearing this, uh, this thing so you can fuck me in the ass. Like, no, like if you don't want that, that's fine. Some people like that. That's, that's fine too. It's just like, it's not openly saying I'm in, like I... I am in this community. It is just saying that community that is marginalized and discriminated against don't need to be here. And you are welcome to be a fan of hockey. That's all it means. That's it. It's not politically like move forward. It's not religiously. It's feel comfortable to buy a ticket and enjoy hockey. Like that's, that's literally what it means. Yeah. Maddie, it sucks. I don't know. I'm getting sick of these fucking people who, I guess, 
use religion or other things like that as a crutch either you know what i mean that it's just like this shit makes me so angry that it's sometimes hard to collect my thoughts accurately on it because i just generally believe that just live however you want that makes you happy or be whoever you are to your truest self and to be happy like don't subscribe to anybody else's idea of happiness don't subscribe to anyone else's idea of how you should live what you should do is strive to be who you are and be happy um and i feel like this fucker just essentially tries to dictate what is and isn't allowed and people of the same ilk are cut from the same cloth um i have no problem with faith if you have faith that's fine my big problems with religion um, especially in respects to situations like this. So I just don't see the point on something that literally has zero effect on this dude's fucking life that has zero effect on how he goes about his day, whether it's him or his family or whatever, and why he feels the need to make such a stand. Like, especially on you know, to hold that up when the whole religion is riddled with diddlers and shit like that. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, like you, got the, bigger, the, you got bigger problems, pal. Yeah. yeah. Like there's you be self-aware because if this is the hill you want to die on, and this is the, the group of people you want to support in terms of your religion and shit like that. Well, then what that says to me is you're okay overlooking all the priests who molest children and all the priests who do shady fucking things like that. Um, and I mean, not to interject here, but to, and, but to your point, I found that uh, auction listing of a game or worn, like player worn, uh, James Reimer autographed military night jersey. So are you saying that in your, you know, faith and your convictions, war is and, and the, the death of innocence is supported in your conviction and your, in your beliefs? And I'm not trying to, to throw out some whataboutism here, but it seems very hypocritical that you're choosing to use conviction to not wear a jersey that is welcoming people but you'll wear a jersey that supports people killing each other. I think that's the, the word that sums it all up is hypocritical. Yeah. Whether it's the, the uh, military sweater that he's worn in the past or whether that's what Matt what? is saying about you know what? allowing... Sorry, again. Before you go further, if you were to ask James Reimer about by wearing that sweater, do you support war? Do you know what his answer would be? It's like, no, man, I'm just, I support my country. I don't support the war, I support the troops. Right. It's the but same fucking thing. I'm not supporting being gay, I support the gay people. Yes. It's, it's the same, the same exactly thing. Like, yeah. So that's what bothers me, is that it's literally the same framework of the argument that he's just picking and choosing. And that's what bothers me. And again, I'm going to chalk then, it up. I'm going to give him the benefit of doubt because, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, 
never heard a bad no. thing about the guy. Um, no, no benefit of the doubt on shit like this. You have enough resources no, and I'm people saying, around you I'm and education. Naivety. Well, well. Why? Here, here. That, that's so, an easy. That's an easy. But cop that's out. the, be like, that's well, the echo really chamber. Know. But that's the echo chamber. Well, this, that's my point, though. Like you're saying, he'll support the military, and then the answer would presumably be, "I don't support the violence. I support the troops. I support the people that are doing it." It's and essentially then, saying, like, yes, you don't support the violence. You support the people struggling within the violence, sure. right? So, and then, yeah, he's saying no to the pride sweater. But it's the same argument that you should be supporting the people and not necessarily, you know, right. what the issue, whatever. My why so I'm then? I'm calling dumb as opposed to evil. That's what I'm saying. I think he's dumb. I think he's too easy. Too too easy an excuse. But why does he pick one over the other? Because one makes why him, one makes him uncomfortable. This one thing that's against the Bible, I'm okay with. But this other thing that's against the Bible, I'm not okay with. What's the difference? One makes him uncomfortable. Right? Because, you know, two people loving each other truly makes him more uncomfortable than killing people. But, I mean, Listen, I'm not... I guess he's more afraid of imaginary daddy in the sky than the actual people that struggle day to day on the earth. But whatever. Like, I mean, that's, that's the thing is, you know, like... And I guess that's one of the cruxes of my foundation is like you're worried about this ethereal, mystical punishment from someone who doesn't exist, you know, who probably literally has as much reality and association with Santa Claus than it does in fact that actually Santa probably has more to do in fact than he than Jesus. And you're worried about pissing off big brother in the sky than you are about the people around you that just they're not asking for you like you said for you to be gay and they're not asking you to you know troll the streets and find out and go suck some dick that's not what they're asking they're just saying hey let us live let us be happy and just say hey you're allowed you're welcome here right you know that's this is a place in the world that you can come to and feel included that you can live your truest self and not feel oppressed and i would i would i would say though is that there are some forms of christianity that are very akin to what you're saying um, that are very welcoming to a lot of people there are some in the lgbtq plus to lgbtq plus community that are of faith as well so i don't Again, it's difficult to blame the water for the dirty pot it's put in. And I think Dustin Which said... Which is why it, being yeah. dumb is not an excuse. It's intolerance. Well, that's what I mean. I just, I don't, I don't think he's very... I, let me put it this way. If the, if the Passage of Bullets guy can admit that he had to go on a journey and understand and that he was, his perception was wrong, I think there's opportunity for others too. They just need to be educated. And some, like I said, I think people are complicated and I think he just needs to be educated in and maybe have the conversations with people. I mean, at the if end this of the day, 1960, if you, maybe, but if you exclude yourself from from those things and you don't, you know, give it time and give those people time, you'll never learn. And I think he's somebody who's just like we talked about, not an, even an echo chamber in thought, probably even an echo chamber in terms of social 
interaction that doesn't allow him to to build an understanding. Because, like you said, Dustin, and I agree with you, having grown up Catholic as well, it can be a very exclusive um, community. And that's why I don't even identify as Catholic anymore personally. I prefer to identify myself in terms of my faith as a Christian because I don't, I don't believe in the exclusivity that sometimes the, the doctrine provides. So, And the, the other thing that we kind of glossed over, but I, w- I think it's worth uh, bringing up, when Reimer said that you know, Naz is a Muslim and he wouldn't wear a sweater supporting Muslim, it's like, what? Like, first of all, there's no such thing as Muslim night in, uh, in the NHL. But if there was another sweater that said all religions are welcome and the sweater was like, I don't know, fucking green or something. It'd be brown, he, like like a really ugly color of brown <laughs> just because it's like the most neutral thing. Or right. gray. You wouldn't wear that? Just white like just Shawn wore, Michaels at WrestleMania 26 or 28 or whatever. I mean, uh, well... Oh, that one. I thought when he said Shawn Michaels WrestleMania whites, I'm thinking WrestleMania 12 with uh, him and Bret Hart where he wore the white and gold. Because Shawn Michaels had a tell. Anytime he wore gear that had gold on it, he was winning the title. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Um, but no, but like to say you wouldn't like... Also, don't like, fucking speak for Kadri, man. That's, right. That so, bothers me too, is dragging somebody who has, who's not a part of the situation into your bullshit. Again, that to me is, is panic. And somebody who who does it, and that that's indicative of someone to me who doesn't know what they're doing, and that's why I, or what I, the I call fuck dumb. Talking about right, that's why no, I call that, dumb. That, that to me says it's somebody that is very clear that they know why they're doing what they're doing, but they know people will absolutely flame them throw, for it, and is looking for a backdoor to make it seem like. But well, this I'm is worse because all it takes is Naz going. I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about, and that fire is way worse way worse and what's interesting is when you see like all the comments um on twitter of like the people in support of james reimer it's like it's all the middle-aged white dudes who are wearing a mega hat with sunglasses in their car (laughs) in their truck presumably you know like it's all those profile freedom and like and camo okay it's it's the the people who scream freedom rocking the confederate flags or the fuck trudeau flags and stuff like that's the funny thing is this is and, this is the and company you want, James. And, but <laughs> and this is the company you get, bud. And yeah, and it's like you, you like it's one of those things like you are the company you keep, right? And yeah. if and like, it's like when the freedom convoy happened, and you're like, there's literal Nazis there, and people are like, well, we're not Nazis. It's like, well, that's fine, but you're standing next to them, and you're allowing it to to happen, right? And so sometimes, you know, I'll say this: even my therapist said this as an analogy to something else, but it's not enough just to be. Um, not racist you have to be against racism sometimes you know what I mean like you can't just be uh, not racist and and it be okay so I think that um, you know it's it's just uh, it's so like you said it's all like these people preach and I'm, I'm not saying look James Reimer if you don't believe in gay that's perfectly fine but I have the right to criticize your actions and approach surrounding it, is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, those Freedom yeah, Convoy sure. can believe whatever you want, too. You want to believe vaccines boost your 5G signal and give you a new form of cancer? It does, believe man. whatever the fuck Jeez. you want. I can still call Bro, you a fucking If someone moron. gave me the option to get an injection to boost a 5G <laughs> signal, fucking give me nine of them. Are you kidding me? Oh, dude, <laughs> inject it right into my penis, man. Fuck it. 
Just, I'll just hook an IV up to me every night <laughs> to boost my signal. Download, yeah. you know. So that's, that's a just, real boost, mobile. That's me. But, I firmly believe believe whatever you want, but I can call you a fucking moron when you are one. Absolutely, well, and that's the thing. Like, yes, you are free to say what you want, and you are free to. He's free not to not wear, the, wear sweater. the sweater. Yeah, you're absolutely no. He's absolutely one hundred percent free not to wear the sweater. I want to make that clear. But uh, James, Matt, not free myself, of the repercussion. We can and call you the a rest fucking of the world. world. Are free to call you out in your bullshit. Yep. No, like I like I'm fully. So like that's the thing is. Like I said, this shit just makes me so angry because I know a lot of really good people in my life who have said, you know, it's not about saying that you want to sit there and watch, you know, like homosexual like stories or you want to sit there. You're just saying like, hey, you support representation for us wherever it is. Right. And what makes me angry, and this is, and I said this before, so I'm probably belaboring the point, but what pisses me off so much is when people make this stand for shit, like I said, that literally has no effect on their life. It's, it's the equivalent of someone's like saying, um, someone you don't even know, or you, you know, you come across on the internet and they're allergic to peanuts and they're like, well, you can't eat peanuts. I won't allow it because it does this to me or makes me this like fucking i'll never hear you see you talk to you speak to you why does it fucking matter do you know what i mean and it's just i get i guess at the end of it is just for me it's more of i just want people to feel happy and free and comfortable being their truest self no matter how that is whether you love animals, people, you know, if you're gay, straight, like Jim said, orange, blue, green, purple, I don't fucking care. But I just want someone to be able to wake up and walk out into a world where they don't fear hate coming at them for it. Dude, imagine gatekeeping hockey. <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine, hold on, hold on. And like, I, this, this is getting more into like the jokey kind of sarcastic aspect. Imagine being like this fucking plug of attendee thinking you're going to be the one to gatekeep the sport. Like, buddy, you're not good enough. You ain't that guy, pal. You ain't that guy. <laughs> like you're fucking Bush League who can't deliver, who can't fucking hold on to a lead for a team that put you up 4-1. Like, get fucked, man. Like, like if I someone. Mean, they're unrelated. But yes. No, like not good enough. Like, it's not like Sid comes out. Like, if Sid or, like, McDavid were come out and make a statement like this, I think it makes more impact. People like, oh, shit. Like, the fact... We can kind of troll James Reimer a little bit for this because he's he's not that good. Never was. I think it deserves a longer conversation one day about how amazing Sidney Crosby is. If yeah. you think about it, like, sometimes you see a professional athlete and the first guy that comes to my mind is John Jones. But a lot of times when you look at someone who is at the top of their class, sometimes like the, the fame goes to their head or the money goes to their head or they do the wrong things or they make an ass of themselves and the, the team and the league has to get run through the mud a bit. Crosby's never done any of that. He's kept it low key, man. Like to the point where 
apparently the dude's like married or going to be married and no one knows about it. You know, that's what I mean. Like, I wish we had, you know, a hundred more Sidney Crosby's who are just, right. it's just a very professional, classy, person. classy, professional. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like, but, you know, that's probably a conversation for another day. We don't have time for that. For sure. But uh, just something that came to mind because of like when you mentioned Crosby, I'm like, you know what? This guy's never been an issue and seems like a really good dude. Yeah. Um. Before we move on. And again, because Reimer said he would not um, wear a sweater in support of Muslim people, which is fucking lunacy to say. Um, <laughs> I would like to say uh, Ramadan Mubarak to every to you and your loved ones if you are celebrating i would say it too but i would butcher how you say it and i don't want people to like get upset but <laughs> ditto just en- enjoy <laughs> <laughs> that is from the entire show is it like okay yes. now correct me if i'm wrong isn't e mubarak is the way to so okay so i'm not muslim but from my understanding uh ramadan is like the beginning of the like it's like a month essentially yes. So when the month starts in the beginning of spring that's when they start fasting and whatever. So and then, I have friends at the gym who are absolutely miserable in this month because they can't right. exactly eat. because they can't eat from like sunrise to sun up. Yeah. Um, Eid. So Eid Mubarak. That's um, have a blessed Eid or whatever. And the Eid is at the end of the season. Okay. So whenever see, look, and the, we've all gone is determined <laughs> by like the moon. So they have to like see the yeah. moon at a certain time, and that's when okay. Ramadan has ended, and that's when you say uh, Eid Mubarak when. Uh, you know what the fact that you know people do that and you know whatever like more power to them because i can barely go 15 minutes without eating man you tell me to do it for 14 hours fuck that bro i'm hungry right now and that's why we got (laughs) to move on to our next story and (laughs) our next story and i didn't add this to the list because i I just saw it come up but i want to get your uh, impressions of it did you hear that the uh, nhl has a new jersey sponsor going forward starting from 2024 Adidas is out, who just came in in uh, 2017 to replace Reebok, even though like Adidas owns Reebok now or Reebok owns Adidas or whatever the case, like the two companies are related in some way. But then prior to that, it was CCM, right? So there was CCM, then Reebok, uh, then Adidas. No, it was Nike. Yeah, it used to be Nike. NHL had Nike sweaters? Yes, sir. How do I not remember this at all? But nevertheless, CCM was one at one point. And if you say Nike, sure, I'll believe you. I don't remember it, but I'll believe you. There's a CCM yeah, was like so, the 90s, bro. Oh, no, Bauer. Did the, didn't Bauer make the jerseys? I look this up while you're talking. Okay. So I remember for, for a fact CCM, and I remember for a fact uh, Reebok. And I can say all these things. I, I remember like owning Leaf sweaters that have all these logos on it. And then there was Adidas. And now we're on to Fanatics. Whatever. <laughs> so Fanatics is going to be your new... Um, jersey manufacturer for the nhl which i don't know guys is gonna look whack as shit if you ask me because i don't think it really matters to be honest I think like it does you think it does yeah why because if you look at it in comparison to every other major professional sports league in north america so you're talking like, just optics not the actual jersey yeah, yeah for sure okay. no no I, the jersey will look exactly the same I'm, that won't make it a, a single difference but if you look at a major league baseball jersey it has a swoosh you look at the basketball jerseys swoosh or in some cases, Jumpman. And then you look at the NFL, swoosh. swoosh. MLS, Adidas. And then you see the NHL and it's Fanatics, which to me looks like 
the logo to me looks like it's a bootleg knockoff. Like, oh, I didn't get the Adidas one. I got the Fanatics one that cost me 25 bucks. You know, it's like if James went to DH gate. That's the problem. Like, well, at least the DH gate has the Nike fucking logo on it Has a, you know, so that's different. Um, the problem with the Fanatics jersey, and it's a 10 year deal, by the way. So like they're going to make the jerseys for a decade. Um, the problem isn't with Fanatics as a company. Like low key, Fanatics has been making a lot of moves in the sports yes, world. Yes, they have. So yeah, they like, acquired Tops, Tops recently too. Yeah, yeah. and they've yeah. they've purchased or acquired the licenses uh, for NFL, NBA. I think they've acquired all the major licenses for sports cards going forward. Uh, once the current licenses expire, um, they've already huge in memorabilia. They're they're elevating the sport card platform in general with their own uh, marketplace distribution service. So like the the idea of fanatics in, in the apparel world, even even if you go on most shops for pro leagues, they're run by fanatics, right? WWE is run by fanatics now too. Yeah, right. Like their their reach and their ability to facilitate merchandise is massive maybe the, the nhl is just getting ahead of something it's true the problem is is what dustin said the pro stock jerseys were always sub supported by a more cost efficient lesser than jersey that was a fanatics jersey so now what happens is the perception is that we're gonna get lesser than a subculture or a subpar jersey with the fanatics piece on it i however posit that it's going to be a really good jersey because everything fanatics has touched has turned out pretty fucking good so two things i want to touch on with what you just said there one i know you're the card collector out of all this and i know they bought tops recently do you foresee it being like you buy a new pack of baseball cards, it's going to be top still, or it's going to say yeah. they remove the tops logo altogether. And it'll be fanatics. No, they're keeping they're keeping tops as a brand. Tops has too much okay. of a rich history. So, um, I, I mean, I don't imagine I could see a small fanatics logo in the the copyright on the bottom, right. but I don't foresee like it taking over the tops logo. And they're already doing like they they say they're going to 10x the the sports card business in the next so many years. Um, and they have really cool ideas on how to do that. And I, I even have a... Th- uh, they said there was a major announcement coming. I don't know if they made it. But there's rumors that they were going to bring LeBron James into the fold. And LeBron has a exclusive deal with Upper Deck, which makes no NBA cards. <laughs> so, um, like I'm saying, like they're, they're, they're move makers, right? That, that, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing. But I, I guess from a perception point, like... I have a Fanatics uh, Tavares sweater, and I will, and all my other sweaters are the Adidas or Reebok ones. And I would tell you for one hundred percent certainty, my the most comfortable one that I own is the Fanatics Tavares sweater, like by far. But maybe that's because it's a it's a replica, and it's not like a, a, a actual one intended to wear on the ice, where you have like all the straps and all but- that bullshit. But, Do you think those people are going to make the NHL? Like, no. Like, Fanatics is a Fanatics. Is, I, I believe they're a publicly traded company. They're not gonna. They're not gonna get the jabroni who makes the the NFL street pullover hoodies, making your NHL jerseys. They're going to. 
they're going to employ proper people and they're going to make tech-driven sweaters for NHL teams next year. It's you know not, what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a San Jose Sharks pride jersey with Reimer's name and number on the back from Fanatics <laughs> next year. Oh, well, I mean, by next year, Reimer might not be playing in the NHL, so. I'll get one for every team you ever fucking played for. But, like, if you go to, like, NFL shop, right? Yeah, there's the Fanatics line. Uh, isn't the yeah, whole like thing? Fanatics, as of it's right a Fanatics now, experience. It's basically run by Fanatics. Yes, Fanatics runs the e-com for a lot of yeah. professional sports leagues. Yeah. That's what I mean, But what man. I'm saying is, like, right now, if you were to buy a, a hockey sweater, if you went to the Maple Leafs web store, you have the authentics, which are the Adidas ones, and then the replica ones that are usually half the price are the Fanatics ones. So that's the perception I'm talking about, of, like, all the other major sports leagues have major brands on their jerseys that have a prestige to them. And Fanatics is not on that level. And the NHL now, by association, by looking at it, just as a casual observer, I'm not a hockey fan. I'm just walking through the mall and I see a a hockey sweater and I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? It it doesn't look like the others. I I I don't disagree with that. I think, you know, for me, it's one of those things... They've had 1 million percent success in everything they've done. I'll reserve my judgment till I see the jersey, but I can understand people's hesitations based on the fact, like, again, the current standard, current standard for Fanatic sweaters is the affordable, less than jersey. Well, if you're looking for something affordable, I suggest... You check out our sponsor, Now Your Treasures, because this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, uh, comics, TV, and video games. These are licensed ones, so it's not like some Fanatics knockoffs, all right? Stores from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And if you go there, you'll notice it's not run by fanatics. So just something to keep in mind. Also keep in mind to go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram, send them a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. Gentlemen, do you think that hitting in hockey is a thing of the past? Better We've already seen it. We've already seen it in Europe where hitting almost doesn't exist. Um, fighting doesn't exist at all in the European game. I don't think fighting exists in the women's game. I could be wrong, but I don't think it does. Now, the QMJHL has outlawed fighting entirely for their upcoming season, I believe. Yeah, next season. Do you see this as a step that the rest of the CHL will adapt and thus the NHL will take as well? I mean, I have for years been debating that fighting in hockey is stupid. From a outsider's perspective looking at it 
in a logical perspective, when the NHL says to me, we are trying to eliminate hits to the head, hits where the principal point of contact is the head, but we're allowed to punch each other in the head. Like it just, it, those two things seem to like be in direct opposition of each other. Like those are two, like it just, it's weird to say one and allow the other is what I, is my argument for the most part. And I know I frame this by saying, do you think hitting is going away? I mean, like, I think that's a, like a bridge to cross once they uh, blow up the fighting bridge, but we'll stick with fighting. This decision by the QMJHL, do you feel like a good idea, bad idea, or, or should I say or, and B, do you think uh, the rest of the North American leagues will follow suit? Bad idea. <laughs> okay, why? <laughs> I And I say that not, I, okay, I maintain stage fighting is stupid. Like the two guys that get sent out knowing it's going to happen, it's stupid. Like, it should be heat of the moment, you know, whether it's not defending from, like, a big hit, because I hate the fight after a nice, big, clean hit, and then someone feels the need to come in and fight. No. Like, if some guy takes, like, a dirty run at one of your players, the or your attendee, or whatever, then, yeah, go ahead and do it, right? Or if some guy's taking liberties with, you know, one of your star players, you know, giving them hacks, maybe, like, cross-checking them, you tell them, hey, clean that shit up, or you're going to have to answer for it, then shit like that like i'm okay with it um i also think that the unintended consequence is you're going to see a lot more dirty plays because you're not going to have guys worried that if they do something really stupid they're going to get their ass handed to them so you're going to start seeing rats run the league a lot whatever league this happens to so in the queue you'll see rats and then not only that think of it like this downstream effect these kids that come from the queue that don't have fighting or didn't have the bubble of fighting get to the nhl it's different and while the league will still have that they may be used to be able to run around and pitchfork a guy or because you can pull up a myriad of highlights from european leagues of absolutely dirty ass fucking plays that never get answered for and guys you know get run or two-handed in the fucking back or cross-checked right in the teeth and then nothing's done about it so i think that while yes the benefit of it would be protection to you know in regard to concussions and head trauma and things like that there's a lot of unintended consequence that people don't necessarily take into account yeah i mean like fighting can be banned it's not going away like it's never going to be removed the hockey is different than any other sport in that <clears throat> it is the fastest sport that is literally on the fly for most of the game. I mean, you think about a game like football, sure, egregiously physical. The ball is in play for like a minute 30 of a 48-minute game. Um, <clears throat> the um, NHL... Basketball, I mean, guys walk the, the ball up the court, um, and there's constant whistles. Uh, baseball is literally downtime. Soccer, guys pass the ball around for 40 minutes before they make a move up the field. And hockey is a go, 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 think on your feet, sport of passion at all moments of the game. And I think 
and you're you're equipped with tools and and equipment that sometimes make you feel superhuman so it's and the thing about the hits to the head the thing about the hits to the head and stuff is those guys aren't prepared I mean, we'll watch UFC and those guys fight because they're prepared. They're they're going toe to toe with each other and they know what's coming. Well, um, sure, but they're also professional fighters. I mean, to a degree, some of these guys are too. They're getting paid, <laughs> so um, you know it's uh, the the key piece is the is the answer the bell. The NHL, you know, we know this has a severe problem with their officiating uh, in that it's not consistent. And even when they have the ability to go back and look at something, they very <laughs> rarely make the right call on things that have already happened and they can review. Guys don't get suspended uh, properly. Guys don't, Sometimes they don't get suspended at all for dumb shit. Um, you know, goalies get run constantly all game. And then, you know, if it's, if it's a scrum in front of the net after a whistle and a guy falls on a goalie unintentionally or intentionally... The ref's not going to call that, and he's not going to get suspended, but there has to be some sort of consequence and, and protection for your, your goaltender. Or if, uh, like like Maddie says, you know, with what happened to Tavares, right? Like, a guy's going to cross-check your guy a million times over, and if you look at it, the Toronto Leafs are a great example. Now, they're not fighters. Well, I mean, Luke Shen is, right? But teams are going to treat them... Watch how teams treat the Maple Leafs from here on out in the rest of the season. They're going to treat them a lot differently. You know, they're going to treat Matthews a lot differently. They're going to treat Marner a lot differently because there's going to be somebody there that you have to answer to if you fuck up. Um, in the NHL, you sit in the box for two minutes. It's, it's, it's actually literally protection. A penalty puts you in a box and you're protected from repercussion for two minutes. You know, you might put your team at a disadvantage, but what's, you know, what's a goal versus getting your face caved in? So, I don't know. I don't think it'll be ever. It'll ever be gone. I don't think it should be. I mean, sure. You want to? If a guy fights, gets kicked out of a game, that's fine, right? Like if that's the way it goes. Okay. Well, I mean, I think the happy medium is a ten-minute major, um, or like a game, like a a ten-minute misconduct. I don't. I don't know. You should be entirely kicked out of the game, or. I mean, it's already. It's already significantly less than years previous. So I think to Maddie's point, the stage fighting's gone. Um, I think it's really only like the the cop shit now that exists. So in saying in in kind of continuing off that, like the other thought too is I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how to put this. Where, yeah, like you can you'll never get rid of it completely, but I also think it's irresponsible too, especially when you're sending these guys up from a league into like which is the queue which let's be honest out of the three chl leagues is typically the softest you're gonna send these guys up to the nhl not being prepared not being in that environment the nhl will never get rid of it they will discourage it they will you know talk down about it and whatever but then like i said you're gonna see more shit of guys taking liberties and then Players are going to get pissed off and two-hand the guy on the wrist, like John Tavares did to DeHarnay. Now, I think what you might end up seeing is just guys from the queue spending more time in the American League than they do, like than some their counterparts would in the W or the O. 
That's not, yeah, it's not a bad observation. <clears throat> but yeah, I think Maddie's right. You're going to see more shitty injuries, like broken fingers, broken wrists, broken hands, swollen feet. Uh, Matt, remember how bad Matthews used to get cross-checked in the back? But who was it that was cross-checking him for like a whole half hour in front of that? Darlene. Yeah, and then he was and basically then he cross-checked hurt. him in the face. Yeah, and then yeah, and then Matthews cross-checked him in the face, and Darlene was, and then he, his back was hurt for like three, four weeks. If Luke Shen's there, that doesn't happen. No, or or a guy of that type. Like, I will always think that having the guy strictly out there who can barely skate just a knuckle chuck is stupid. It's such yeah. a waste of a roster spot, especially in today's game. But if you have a guy that can move and can make plays but is tough as shit and can throw him when he needs to it it is an invaluable resource to have in this league you're jamie benz jamie ben is a perfect example of or jerome mcginla vincent lecavalier like those were guys that they highly skilled put the puck in the net can dude fucking do brandon every- shanahan brandon shanahan like all these guys that could play the game at a very highly skilled level, but could also defend and back it up when they needed to. Um, I just think what's going to happen is, is you're going to see a, if, if you were to do that in the NHL, you're going to see a huge reduction in, I would say excitement of the game, not because of fighting, but because you're going to see so much stupid bullshit from ratty ass players that you're just gonna be you're just gonna get sick to your stomach watching some of this shit go on. Yeah. Tell me tell me what you like watching or what you prefer to to see less of. Do you want to see less fights every once in a while? Or do you want to see less slashing and cross check? Like to me, slashing is like it's ugh. I would rather get in a fight than some guy unknowingly like from behind or like in a scrum two hand me on the wrist. Yeah. Would absolutely want to fight before I get slashed. and also, yeah. like, who's getting injured in those plays? It's always right. the star player. Right? So, like, and the guys who end up in the fights are usually, I'd say 99% of the 95% of the time are not the star players. But the guys who are going to get slashed on the ankles and the guys who get slashed on the wrist or cross-checked in the back. They're the ones you pay the tickets for. Yeah. And, and we know will, the refs will, can't keep up. I will tell you this right now. I've played in games where guys have been running around doing stupid shit. And you lean over on the bench. And I've said to a guy, cut that shit out or you're going to be eating the boards. Like, I will beat the shit out of you. And you see people change. When, mm-hmm. they, when they start realizing like, hey, I keep doing this. That, Not to say that they're not tough to and they can't it. fight, but they don't want to. Yeah. When you know you're going to have to pay for it, your mentality changes. Yeah, like when you know you're going to have to get out there and you got to keep your head up because either A, you're going to get laid out or B, some guy's going to grab you and you're going to beat his hand up with your face. It it changes the way you play because I've been on both ends. I've been on both ends of telling a guy I'm going to beat the shit out of him and I've also had a guy tell me he's going to absolutely wreck my life. And it definitely made me way more aware of what I was doing out there. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of getting closer to the goalie, I would play his dead and you kind of just peel off around and circle back to the circle instead of standing up on top of the goalie and staring at him because like jim said you know you fall on a goal you got to answer for that i'm gonna tell you this right now if i'm in front of the net and a guy shoves me i know exactly where i'm falling (laughs) like this isn't this isn't like oopsie like i didn't know what was happening i know what's happening 
Mm-hmm. Right. So I just think like where the intention is good. I think the unintended consequence of it is not necessarily fully realized or fully comprehended at the moment. Yeah, I think it's definitely something to keep an eye on going forward because and the queue is going to be the the guinea pig for all this. It'll be interesting to see. Well, it'd be interesting to see how this translates to the AHL because like those are those are wars like guys go down there and the fights that happen in the A because guys want to prove themselves and, you know, get that call up and show that, yes, I can do all these plays, but I'm willing to go that extra mile. Like it's it's weird. And yes, it is barbaric. And I'll be the first to say, you know. Maybe maybe things should be reconsidered, but it's something that's so ingrained into the heart of the game in terms of like when you see a guy do that you're just like that's a gamer that's a team guy those are the guys you want around you i'm actually going to american league game this weekend so much fun i love it toronto marley's on saturday night so that'll be a lot of fun also a lot of fun i've been having a lot of fun watching the world baseball classic i don't know about you guys but man some of these games have been outrageously fun especially that Japan game last night as we record uh, Japan and Mexico played last night uh, Monday night right now uh, as we are recording Japan and the United States are taking the field the game's about to start so uh, we don't know the result of this game and you will by the time you uh, hear this episode so I think it'd be fun to just quickly say who do you think is going to win Japan or USA hopefully Japan I think the USA is going to win I'm saying hopefully Japan too I would like to see Japan win because I don't think people give the Japanese baseball league. I don't know even the name of the league, to be honest, but obviously there is a professional league in Japan. I don't think people give that league any credit at all. Dude, we did being a major professional baseball league. We talked about this fucking tournament and we didn't mention the name Japan once and the best player in the world is on the fucking team. Yeah. Shohei Otani is obviously Shohei Otani is by far. And I don't know if I said it before on the show, but, I might have. He is by far the best baseball player we will ever witness in our lifetime. Probably. You can do it all. Could be the best baseball player of all time. Like, if you take stats out and just and quality of play, like overall quality Ability. player contribution to a team, man, he's, yeah. he's what, the dude's next level shit. He's a unicorn. What's insane about this team, or not necessarily this team, um, another team, I, could, I guess I'm trying to say, the final is USA versus Japan, and the two like biggest stars on these teams is Otani and Trout, and they both play for the Angels, who suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, this is the only time, and I heard the radio people talking about this today. I forget where I was listening to it, but this is the only time you're going to see those guys play inspired baseball because the Angels are going to suck forever. Like they're not going to be yeah. good in any time, any point in these man's careers, right? So, and I also think it's incredible how. It, like the international play of uh, baseball is is getting the attention, and I would say continuing the growth of the game, something the NHL should pay attention to. It's freaking embarrassing that you know MLB can put this on, and, and they're the ones who run it, right? It's Major League Baseball runs this. I assume so, just because when I look up like World Baseball Classic on Google, like it takes me to majorleaguebaseball.com slash World Baseball Classic. So and the ML and the NHL can't even do a fucking international tournament without team north america and and team europe or whatever like it's embarrassing like comparing the two i underestimated this tournament 
I I 100%. I was when we talked about it, I'm like, eh. But there have been some incredible moments. There's been some. There's been a defector. <laughs> there's been, um, oh. you know, it's it's provided a lot of really good. Like it's just it's baseball, man. And I didn't it's really ever think of baseball. I didn't ever think of baseball as kind of like this international sport. But I would say the MLB, if they, again, if they're the ones who are running it have done a fantastic job outside of the shitty jerseys crafting a, a, yeah, it looks like they're made by fanatics <laughs> <laughs> crafting a uh something that seems to have enough meaning for the guys on the teams in such a short period of time like the world baseball classic is is still in its infancy is this like the third or fourth i, yeah, I, I, I feel like we talked cool. about that last last week and i think it was a lot more than that we just well the last one was 2017 right so maybe it's the sixth. Yeah, but that's because they missed the COVID year. Yeah. No, I just I'm just thinking like, man, like it's it's great to see and two teams that we both like, dude, we were wrong in all of our estimation um of which teams would be the the competitor. Like we were wrong. I'll flat out say I, I didn't know yeah. what the fuck was gonna happen. Well, yeah, but and that goes to my point of like no one really I shouldn't say no one. People on this side of the world don't realize how good the Japanese are at baseball. Like you hear of the Japanese league, like when a guy comes over, like Shohei or uh, Ichiro, probably most famously, of a guy who played the majority, actually the majority, like half his career at least in Japan before he came to Major League Baseball. And uh, there's been other guys here and there that make a big splash every so often. Like a free agent comes up, like Dice K Masuzaka or something like that, but. You, every so often you hear about this guy coming to major league baseball but you don't realize that this league is very good and this Dude. is their opportunity to show the world that they belong in this conversation japan has won there's been five japan has won two of them the u.s has won once the last one in 2017 and dominicans won in 2013 so and dude like the netherlands were in fourth for and that's what i mean like i need to pay more attention to this in the future yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've been enjoying watching a lot of baseball. And I'm definitely going to enjoy watching this game tonight. Um, again, I'm hoping Japan. I'm hoping to see Shohei Otani just step up on the biggest stage and hopefully gives him a a taste for what it can be like to play for uh, a winning ball club. So he He's not starting. Blue Jays next year He's not pitching, is he? Well, sorry, he's Tonight he is not starting. No. And could he go in and pitch? Some Japanese guy. <laughs> could he? Could he go in and pitch at some point? Um, you know, I'm not sure how that would work. Can you imagine him pitching to Trout? That's what I would love to have seen. Yeah, if him and Trout going one on one, that would have been fantastic. But the surprise of the tournament, and it shouldn't be. I mean, I, I say surprise because of his power numbers. But this is a guy I'm fairly certain I said on this show. The Blue Jays should throw everything they fucking have for this guy. And they didn't. And I don't think they even called his agent once. Because like, oh, we have a shortstop. His name's Bo Bichette. Brother, <laughs> you move fucking Bo Bichette second base. And you find a way to put Trey Turner on your goddamn ball club. But they didn't. Dude, that dude has been mashing. Yeah, he's... Man, did he a grand slam? Like four, he had like four home runs and like eight yeah. RBIs or ten RBIs, whatever it is. Like he set a record for the United States of most home runs hit in the World Baseball Classic. 
And was his grand slam? Runs, was his grand slam a walk off? It wasn't yeah. a walk off, no. but it was a go ahead run. Yeah, yeah that's like, it eventually won the game. It was like the eighth inning or whatever. That's unreal. Man, could you imagine though being in that kind of moment and just getting up there, hitting a dinger, Grand Slam, World Baseball Classic? I think that'd be cool, man. But yeah, good on the guy, man. Really earning that contract. And that's just it, man. Like yeah. these guys clearly want to play for their countries. Like, it, but for all intents and purposes, in the clips and the, some of the parts of games I watched, like the guys are into it. It's not, again, it's not like watching the NHL, the stupid World Cup of hockey, where they just they fucking sit there and do nothing, and it looks like shinny. It looks like the All Star game. Yeah. Speaking of Trey Turner, his middle name is Vance, but whatever. Um, is he own a refrigeration company? <laughs> but Trey yeah Vance. like that that that's out of all the sports outside of football because like i mean obviously you can't really because the u.s would win every day of the week <laughs> but <imagine>? like <laughs> the u.s it's just usa versus England. korea in oh. american football world classic it would just be <laughs> it'd be like that yeah, they, are, they already have the world classic for uh football it's called the super bowl yeah, it'd be like yeah, the, pretty much that's all be, the players in the world playing that game. It'd be roadkill caught on tape. It would just be a bunch of massive, massive African American dudes just literally lifting guys up and moving them across the field. Pretty much, but like, baseball is the one where you don't hear or see a lot of international play. Like you, like hockey, you have the World Championships, you got the juniors, hopefully back to the Olympics and things like that. Um. You know, I will I will go on record and say the NHL will never go to the Olympics ever again. As long as Gary Bettman is commissioner, the NHL will never go to the Olympics ever again. You want to bet on it? Sure. What do you want to bet? We'll talk about it offline. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm willing to lay money on that. It's going to happen. If Gary Bettman suddenly dies, then yes, no. I think that would. It'll bad. happen during Gary Bettman's tenure, and I know exactly when it'll happen. Okay. Well, we will have to wait and see there. But yes, like we don't see a lot of this because, well, I guess the, the most recent one just was canceled because of COVID. So that's part of it. But I always think these are the most fun tournaments. When yeah. We're talking about everyone gets so invested in the World Cup. No one gives a shit about soccer. But we all watch the World yeah. Cup because it's fun, right? Like people enjoy rooting for their country or or rooting for a country that you think is an underdog, right? It's always It's always a fun thing to do. And yeah, fuck, man, I miss Olympic hockey. Goddamn. Vancouver you know was 12 years ago and <laughs> Canada won that gold. Now, obviously, they played after that. They played in Sochi in 2014, but that was the last one. Mm-hmm. It's been almost a fucking decade since the NHL played in the Olympics. We're wasting Connor McDavid's time. Connor and McDavid Matt. will never win an Olympic gold medal. Think about that. And Austin Matthews. Right, like premier players for each country and not getting to play. You know, you know what really pissed me off about the NHL not being at the Olympics? I was in Pyeongchang for the Winter Olympics, and I didn't get to see NHL players. And they were like right up until about three weeks before the Olympics started, they were still talking about goings, and I was hopeful. And I will say, like the atmosphere was still cool. It would have been different though if. Canada's best players were there. The vibe, I think, would have been next level because it's like there would have been a swagger. 
because we didn't have our best players there. And a lot of these European countries did because a lot of their best players played in the European leagues, right? Um, yeah, like it's makes me sad. Sad panda. That's the thing, though. It. Like the, with the World Baseball Classic, you're seeing the best players in countries you didn't even know existed. Some these fucking teams didn't know existed. Like that kid who got signed by the Tigers right out of, right after yeah. the game. Right, like that's like these you're, are, you're seeing, that's you're seeing guys get a chance on a stage to get an opportunity that they never would have gotten. And yeah, if you think about it, what would you rather be doing right now? Playing a spring training game in Arizona, where maybe you're getting in a bat or two, trying to make this team. Or representing whatever country, just pretend you're English for whatever reason. Stitch on a couple letters onto a shirt and say you're from Great Britain. Well, one of the letters sudden, fell off. And th- <laughs> yeah, and then you're on a huge stage, showing off what you can do in a full game that means something. Yeah. For a lot of these guys that were on the bubble, they're making a name for themselves in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Well, think of it like this: think if you're one of those guys and you're playing the Americans, and yeah, your team might have lost. But say if you go two for three or three for four and, you know, with two or three RBIs in that game against the U.S.'s best pitcher, you know, other teams are going to be like, hey, like that was the the best pitcher on the U.S. team. Maybe there's something there. Right. And it's nothing for them to throw a contract at the guy and be like, hey, we'll throw you a contract. We'll get you in here. You know, we'll see what you can do, whether it's triple A ball or, you know, uh, like a shot at the majors as a bench player, like it's a chance this guy may never get outside of the World Baseball Classic, right? And sometimes you got to take that chance when that opportunity is there. And I think that is also what Joey Votto's thinking right now. Um, it came out earlier this week that the intention is for Joey Votto to finish his career and play his entire career as a Cincinnati Red. But if the Reds are out of it, which they will be, <laughs> if the Eds are if the Reds are out of it by trade deadline time, it was suggested that they may move Joey Votto to Toronto so he can come home. Of course, Joey Votto growing up in Oakville, Ontario, is a proud Canadian. Always representing Canada in the World Baseball Classic when he can. I think very clearly will be a Hall of Fame player. One of the very few Canadian Hall of Fame players, which is pretty cool. He might arguably be the best Canadian baseball player of all time. All that being said, Joey Votto makes $25 million this season. And he is 39 years old. <laughs> and currently, there's not really anywhere for him to play on this Blue Jays team. So, would I like to see Joey Votto as a Blue Jay? Hell yeah. I think you would make up whatever prorated portion of his salary you're going to have to pay by the trade deadline. Let's say it's 10% of his contract, so $2.5 million you'll have to pay Joey Votto. I think you he could easily make $2.5 million in jersey sales. Well, you so get like, the re- production return probably for sure, right? But the question is, does he want to? He said yeah, he, he did. Yeah. He, he said that if there's, yeah, he said that if the Rays are out of it and, you know, there's no, 
you know, positive outlook for the rest of the season that he would be open and welcoming to a trade to Toronto if Cincinnati can facilitate it. I mean, I mean, when push comes to shove and it comes to that time, I mean, Joey Votto's an enigma at best sometimes, so I don't, I don't know that it'll feel that way when the time comes. And it's hard, especially when when you're a guy. I get it. The guy wants to be with one team for the rest of his career. He has that that Stevie Y in him, but it's. Like that's a tough decision when you like that dude spent his entire career with the Reds, and then to all of a sudden jump ship like that's some Ray Bork shit, and that's tough. And no one, no one, Sundin, Ray Bork. I mean, he we we talked for a long time about how he would have been the DH solution on this team as a left-handed bat. Yeah, yeah. Now that you have Brandon Belt, it, it, you don't need him. But you never know what you need by the time the trade deadline rolls around, right? And you by, can what never if, have by late August. Yeah. Depth. What if Belt doesn't work out? You ship him to Cincinnati for Votto. Yeah, if Belt doesn't work out, or um, who knows? If Vladdy gets hurt and you got to yeah. play Belt at first base every day, right? Like there's there's a spot. Um, it doesn't even have to be Vladdy. Like it could be. I mean, there could be any injury in the infield where guys get shuffled around. All of a sudden, Belt's playing first base every day, and you have a spot for a DH. And I guess the thing, too, is at the end of the day, you, you know, true professional is going to look in the mirror and go, do I want a chance to win a championship or do I want to finish with one team? At the end of the day, I think you're, you're I mean, I guess I would go for the championship, right? Like, yeah. Why, why would you just finish out your career with a with a whimper when you go out with a bang, right? Yeah. You know, I always go, what could have been like, you'll know what it was in Cincinnati. You got to sometimes you got to have the answers to those questions. So I think it all comes down to, well, the in, the injury situation with the Blue Jays, the roster makeup by the time the trade deadline rolls around, and what is Joey Votto in his age 39 or age 40 season? All right, like last year, Joey Votto hit 205. The year before that, he had 266, 36 home runs and 100 RBI, 99 RBI. So, so is it he, really could be is either he a, or. Is he a 30-100 guy or is he... A, you know, a ten thirty guy. Like I, I don't know if he's somewhere in the middle and he hits you twenty home runs and sixty RBI, hits two thirty. That's probably what you expect out of Brandon Belt, anyways. And I mean, yeah, I mean, he did have limited action last year. Yeah, he only played ninety games. He was hurt, but who knows yeah. how healthy he is with that too, right? Yeah, and I mean, in tw- well, that's the thing. In twenty nineteen, he played one hundred and forty two games. Had. 50, only 15 home runs and batted at 261. Like he was a 261, but I mean, you, you kind of want the guy for his power because he's not a real fast runner, so you're not going to want him on base um, hitting singles and doubles. You kind of want him to clear the bases, so you need him to drive you the want, ball. I, well, I think in the Blue Jays, you just want him as a veteran presence. That's what you want. Yeah. yeah. And the, and the sentiment of having you know, arguably the best baseball player in Canadian history play for the only Canadian team in his hometown kind of thing. Like, there's a magic to it, right? Yeah. I think it makes sense. We'll see. Obviously, it's going to take some time, but until then, we're going to have to... Do you find it weird though that we're talking about it now? (laughs) Like, the trade... Like, people are talking about the baseball trade deadline and what's going to happen and should the Jays... The season hasn't even fucking started. I think it feels like it started just and now it's the World Baseball Classic. But like now it's going to hang. More about baseball right now. I feel weird that it's going to hang over the season. I feel like that's going to this is going to be uncomfortable 
for a lot of people. The Jays front office now has this expectation that if they're in a certain position, they should pursue him because the fan base is going to think about it, right? And they're going to put pressure on them. And then Votto is going to have this hanging over his head all season, like, hey, if this isn't working out, do I go and ask for one? Like, It's just it's a weird vibe to have for a hundred and... I don't know, 100 games, whatever it is, before this decision is going to be made? Because they said it won't be till the deadline. So now you've got to well, go through all of this. It could be sooner, depending if the Reds are really out of it. Right. So I don't know if they said till the deadline. I think that's what the Blue Jays but it's fans gonna are be, interpreting. It's going to be July. It was, I think the way it was worded was, if the Reds are believed to be out of it. Honestly, if you're asking me, the Reds are going to win 25 fucking games this year. So the <laughs> Reds are going to be out of it by like May. And honestly, this might just be a play by uh, MVP Sports Groups, the agent of Joey Votto, who's just saying, listen, let's get him out of here and frame it in such a way that the fans want it to happen. The Blue Jays fans, now the Blue Jays organization Maybe this is, is like orchestrated. in this position to do it. Maybe it's all orchestrated by everybody. Yeah, it's all, it's all inside job. Yeah. Could be. Who knows? I, I would be very happy to see Joey Votto. That would probably be... My favorite Blue Jays jersey to own would be a DH gate. I would not be going to DH gate. Uh, I would not be getting a Fanatics one. Hopefully, I would have to buy through a Fanatics store. But uh, it would be an Adidas swoosh Joey Votto Blue Jays jersey. That would definitely be my favorite of my collection. But speaking of favorites, let's go to everyone's favorite segment of the week. Show, show. That's right, it's everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is the segment where we get to listen to Maven's entrance music from his illustrious WWE run. Gonna download him. made him an absolute legend <laughs> in the history of professional wrestling. Gonna download him? I'm gonna put the strap on him. He's gonna carry the I mean, company. You absolutely could. Yeah. You absolutely could. Um, I'm gonna go first just because I feel like James might be taking this one as well. But maybe not. Just because you referenced him during the World Baseball Classic topic, I'm like, oh shit, does he does he know this as well? Um, my shout out goes to Randy Rosarena, who defected to Mexico just to play in the World Baseball Classic. And this dude is just so much fun to watch. I don't know if you saw that catch uh, over the fence last night. I get so uh, Sunday Monday night when they played Japan in the semifinal. <laughs> like he makes the catch and just blank stare like a badass like a fucking album cover like yeah i just did that but it went on for like he was staring at the camera for like 30 seconds it felt like until he finally took the ball out of his glove and threw it in like just what a badass and i hate the fact that he plays for the uh, he plays for the rays doesn't he i feel like he plays for the rays mm-hmm. um i just hate the fact that he's uh, not a blue jay but nevertheless yeah. randy or rosarena gets my shout out have his rookie card he's a. Uh... He's a hell of a talent to watch, and I remember his coming out party when the Rays made that run. And man, the Rays fucking back. Like you think about the guys that they get talent wise out out the gate. Well, they traded for a Rosarina and they stole a Rosarina, but they got a Rosarina, Franco, um, and even like Vidal Brujan. Like the Rays are set. Like in terms of low cost competitive guys for years, and if those guys commit, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with for like a decade. So. A good one, Maddie. I defer. Uh, mine is because it's a dude who's teasing with my heart, 
and he's playing on the emotional strings a little bit in the hopes that I may have, but to Zack Snyder, because just when you think that dude's out of DC, just because I want my Green Lantern on screen, that's all I want. And I want it soon and I want it fast. So is is the screen going to be four, three in black and white? <laughs> Dude, like, honestly, do you just love being bitter about movies sometimes? I just like being bitter about fucking DC because I want DC movies to be good. OK, I don't I don't purposely hate on DC movies. I'm just giving the shit that they need to hear. OK, they fucking yeah. suck. I think that's and Warner, though, not Snyder. Yeah. Man, that, 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 that may be fair. Although it was Zack Snyder's call to do a 4-3 movie in black and white. But <laughs> nevertheless, I'm with you. I want to believe in DC. I love Batman. I fucking love Batman. Look at the Batman shit behind me. Okay? I love Batman. Overrated. I want Batman to be good. Batman's overrated, though. Like, there's just too much. It's oversaturated at this point. Like, so many movies, so many arcs of, like, current comic books. It's just... Okay, we well, get it. He's the Jane, Dark Knight, sir. I don't know if I believe in the vision, but someone like James Gunn needs to come in and reel it all in and be like, look, we're starting over. This is Batman. These are the villains. This is Superman. This is the villains. This is Wonder Woman. Like, you don't like and like just get it all out there and you bring hope. it all in. And it's just, but it we'll could also be a bit of like an ego thing for him to come in and do this. And we'll see if the studio. Up. We'll see if the studio stays out of it. That's what I want to yeah. see. If the studio stays out of it. There might be some hope, but. He did tease that thing that Maddie's talking about, which is he's done a few. He put the dark side transmission, and then he had a Henry Cavill tweet. Oh, I didn't notice that. I gotta check that out. Yeah, so he had a he had a couple things. Um, Maybe they licensed the Snyderverse to Netflix. A new details about upcoming. He's got a thing called SnyderCon, which will take place in Pasadena on April twenty eighth and thirtieth. SnyderCon. Uh, yeah, apparently he's got different screenings and different teases for things um, uh, in relation so to... Probably like a panel. Yeah. And Henry Cavill will be there and stuff. Mm. Could you imagine, though, like, just shitting on DC in that way? In a, that would in be a amazing. Way? Like but I'd say it's just podcast. a bitch fest for a weekend, I would go. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> but like, and that's another reason for the shout out then for Zack Snyder, because he could do all this and they could be like, Cavill's out as Superman and Ben Affleck coming out being like, I would never direct a DC movie and shit like that. But then Snyder's just going to be like, yeah, well, he's what, who was it in South Park when they were going down? Just going. That's Zack Snyder in the moment right now. Well, I'm, uh, I'm going to say this one and we might get out of here to make a headline. Um, <laughs> under two hours. Uh, my shout out is to Brian Burke for, constantly stepping up for the the lgbtq community you know not just for his son but for everybody involved and he was one of the first to immediately uh release a statement i know he's involved in you can play um and i'm pretty sure you know even though they didn't release a statement i think they kind of defaulted to berkey's statement as the uh as the one they would use i think he, he was said eloquently i think he's um, for a guy who's so brash and so like you want to talk about a man's man in hockey like Brian Burke is, is the man's man in hockey and and even he he gets it uh, on this subject so uh, shout out to Brian Burke for, for standing up for the community there and you know letting people know how it should be done yeah and uh, for what it's worth Brian Burke was one of the guys who signed James Reimer to a contract for the Toronto Bay Police right so he didn't draft him. I think he would have been drafted probably by Nonis or maybe before Nonis. Ferguson? 
applied. It, it may have been it may have been JFJ actually yeah. designed, or drafted. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point Either is way, Brian yeah. Burke knows uh, James very well. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and you're right though. Like that dude. Like if there was ever if you lined up like five or six dudes in a lineup to say which one is you know opposed to this kind of shit, a lot of people would probably pick him out of the lineup. But he's the one in the lineup that is at the forefront of every welcoming you know, inclusive cause in hockey and sport. And, you know, and he's very blunt about it. Like he's not political to be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. He's very much like, no, you suck. Mm-hmm. Um, just before we go, guess who just hit a fucking home run? Shohei Otani. Trey motherfucking Turner, Turner. <laughs> just hit another home run. And that's where we're going to leave this episode on a high note. As Trey Turner proving me right that he should have been signed to the Blue Jays. And you should also join us for our episode next week as we return for 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. Brought to you by Now Your Treasures. See you next week. I messed that That's up. That's not the right button. That's not the right button. <laughs> this one's the right one. That's the right button. There it is. Oh, we'll get there.